Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined as always by Timothy Lee and Grant Mona, Noah Arash Markazi. It is me, Brandon Deutsch, hosting the show today with Grant Mona and Timothy Lee. No G.A. Wiley. Armani Buckets is in Hawaii, probably still asleep, considering it's five hours behind, living life, enjoying, working out. Um, he's just doing his thing. How are you guys? They left, you the guys three most, they left the three most annoying people on the on the pod. You know? Oh, <laughs> man. This is going to be a good one, man. Yeah, we're feeling good. There's a lot of sports today. A lot of, hey, we're getting close to the NFL playoffs, too, so it's like a perfect time of the year for football and basketball. It is actually. I mean, uh, this isn't the time where everybody's taking breaks, but then it is the time where like a lot of news is kind of drying up because they're gearing up for like NFL playoffs, right? And uh, that's pretty much what most of the features and most of the focus on news is going to be. So I'm pretty excited about that. And on Monday, I didn't discuss it with you guys, but Sunday might have been one of the wor- one of the like best sports days in history. You know, with Argentina winning, that game was crazy. All the NFL games, like the Chargers last second, like the Mike Williams too. Mike Williams is like, oh yeah, it's too easy. That literally Herbert and Mike Williams, they just before that before that drive, by the way, and I talked about it with Fernando on Monday, they were just like, Hey, just go downfield, I'll hit you. Yeah. <laughs> he was non existent. He was honestly non existent until that point. I know, That's it's Tim's Chargers, though. That's Tim's char- Tim called this. Tim was like, well, well we all know the Chargers were going to be good. Tim yeah, was the one yeah. who said they were going to go to the suit that could be a Super Bowl no, contender. Yeah, he said could be. And, and it's possible. Yeah, we saw it's the Bengals possible. do it last year. Right? We it's saw possible. the Bengals do it last year. And, and let's, let's start there because, you know, Sunday was a great day. Obviously, the Raiders come back. The Raiders are still mathematically alive, but virtually eliminated with the Dolphins and the Chargers and the AFC playoffs right, right there. I mean, if the Chargers win two of their last three games, they're in. The Dolphins win one yeah. or two of their last three games, they're probably in. And, of right. course, mm-hmm. the Ravens' uh, schedule, is they're going to beat Atlanta this weekend, so they'll be in, and Lamar's coming back probably. So I wanted to tell you guys, is the AFC the more wide open than the NFC? Because originally, early on in the season, we were like, oh, the NFC is wide open. But now it's like most people are like, okay, it's 49ers and Eagles that are going to play in the NFC championship. And now the AFC is like, we don't even know. The Chiefs barely beat the Texans, and they, they could match up against the Bengals or the Chargers in the first round. And it's hard to beat a team three times in one year. We saw that with the Niners and the Rams last year in the playoffs. Um, and that, you know, the, the Chiefs would not want to play the Chargers as much as, they, as they've beaten them recently. And then even the Bills, we don't know if they'll get the one seed. Von Miller's out. They look beatable. 
Ben, what are your oh, thoughts here? You're wondering if like the playoff picture is wide open or like the contenders. Yes, in the open. AFC more than the NFC because early on in the season we were saying, oh, the NFC is more wide open than the AFC. AFC is just Bills and Chiefs. And it seems yeah, like I'm it. actually. I think I'm on the opposite spectrum with that. I think the NFC is like hmm. way more. I guess like okay, so the AFC is like not wide open in my opinion. I think if, I feel like all the playoff teams that are like established are pretty much the, the same teams that are going to be there when the postseason starts. Like I don't see any moving parts here. Right? We already know the Chiefs and Bills are the two best teams. The Ravens aren't going to move. The Chargers are probably just going to move up. Dolphins are probably going to stay where they're at. I don't see like, kind of, like a resurgence from the Patriots, which is a bad team. The Jets, who are like still trying to rebuild. The Jaguars are a feel-good story, but like they're not going to make the playoffs. I don't think the Titans are going to relinquish the spot. We already know how good the Bengals are. So like everything seems pretty set to me. Does that make sense? Like I think that's pretty much set. NFC, there's a lot of moving parts. Like The Bucks might not be where they're at, come postseason time the giants are the most like volatile team in the nfl and we don't even know what's going to happen with washington like are the seahawks going to make the playoffs there's a bunch of teams like the lions are like the most hot team in nfl that everyone wants to talk about so for me no i was just saying what i meant by that is like of those playoff teams there's more chances of any of those teams than the afc Getting to the Super Bowl versus oh, the sure. NF- yeah, yeah, NFC. Yeah. That that was my question. I should have formed it better. That's my apologies. Because for the right. NFC, it kind of seems like there's Niners, Eagles, and then everybody right, else. Right, right. We've I think we've talked about this a little bit where we where we mentioned like three to four teams in the AFC that could be Super Bowl contenders. And I think that's still true. I think most people still think the Chiefs and the Bills are cream of the crop. And a lot of people have Bengals very, very high. And I personally have always put like the Chargers pretty high as well. And I think you have what like preseason, you put them pretty high as well. So, I mean, the belief there is still in existence and the Chargers schedule is really easy towards the end of the year. They might end the year at 11 and six, which most people wouldn't have considered. So this is a team that has Super Bowl contention and they have every right to be a Super Bowl contender as well. So yeah, you're right. Uh, there are there are four teams, in my opinion, that's a pretty wide open race. And Grant, what are your thoughts right now on this, on yeah, this playoff? Yeah, picture? I mean, you're right. I just think that the NFC is top heavy and the AFC is not. I think right. we're seeing a steady balance of AFC talent. Like we, we know that there's a lot of teams that can win in the AFC. Like we have the Bengals, Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Bills. Like we have all these teams, even you know, the Chargers, they're a team that nobody even thought could even get to the Super Bowl and now everyone's starting to, you know, tilt it because Herbert's getting healthy. Um he's trying to throw the ball downfield more because he has his receivers back. So that's a team that can contend in the NFC. Yeah, you do have the top heavy teams with the Eagles and the Niners, but then again, you can see, I mean, you could have said that about last year, and then the Bengals came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. This is the AFC, but I'm saying a team like the Bengals came out of nowhere and shocked everybody. Like, I don't think we can say who who's the one in each conference, because there's always that one team that's like, maybe they can make a deep run. We never even thought about them as a team. Like, the fight, I know this will not happen, I can guarantee you. But the Vikings are, like, the Lions could make a run to the NFC Championship. I would say the Lions. They have the best shot for yeah. Right, because the Lions have a great offense. Their defense is shaky, but it's getting better. So, like, if you have that momentum going to the playoffs, it's a whole new thing regardless of standing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. And it's going to be fun. And I wanted to bring up, I'm sorry I keep bringing this up, Grant, but the Rams eliminated from playoff contention are Rosh Belize. You just keep, you just uh, keep on kicking them, man. Every, every, every time I see the Rams eliminated uh, post, I think of the Lakers eliminated post. Yeah. And, like, everyone posts it on Twitter already. Once Davis got hurt, Lakers eliminated. So, uh, maybe, maybe it's true, but that's a whole different story. Okay, so the Rams, they have the core to yeah. compete next year. We've already said this. They have the core. 
of um, Donald, Ramsey, um, Stafford, Cup, right? Uh, Floyd. Uh, who, who else am I forgetting that they're paying a lot of money? Bobby, Bobby Wagner. Wagner. Bobby Wagner, who's been yeah, great, by the way. And it, it's been overshadowed because his defense right. has sucked besides him and a couple other guys. Um, right. They still need an offensive line. I'm sure they'll prioritize that in the offseason. But I, I talked about this yesterday, and Grant, you were on as well. If Kyler Murray's injury is more substantial, whether or not he plays or not, it seems like the Cardinals are the weak link of that division. Seattle's going to have a top five pick. They might even get Will Anderson and up, they'll upgrade either way. But the Rams clearly have a shot to be in the playoffs next year. If they just have a, a, an offseason of, you know, just looking back on, on what, yeah, getting healthy, Stafford figuring out his arm, Cup figuring out his injuries, the cap situation. I know they have no picks, but finding a couple good linemen. Because remember, people are going to come play football for the Rams. They just won a Super Bowl. So they're going to attract players. It's just a matter of how can they do that if their season's effectively over right now. Grant, I'll yeah, start with you. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, everyone was talking about running back last year, like for this year, but I think next year is a running back year because you, I think what they should prioritize is just getting healthy. I, I would like to see this whole team healthy because we've lost a couple of linemen in preseason. Like in the, in the preseason, we actually drafted a couple of linemen last year. You know, the Rams actually did the due diligence and drafted a couple of linemen in the draft last year. They just got hurt in the preseason. I'd like to see this four together fully in, a, I hope, a healthy season. You know, I can always say, oh, it's going to be a healthy season, but I say that about the Clippers all the time, and it never happens. So, you know, I would like to see this team that we're supposed to see on paper this year. I'd like to see that next year. You don't really have to do much. You get a couple of maybe secondary guys in the draft that you find late in the draft. You know, make sure your offensive line stays healthy. And then, you know, Stafford, I think he already said that he's coming back, which is of a good sign. You know, obviously, I'd like to see a, a more mobile quarterback in there, but, but Matthew Stafford just went around. He's a great quarterback. He, he throws times when he has good protection. So, I think just seeing this team healthy next year is enough for Rams fans to be, you know, into it. I think that's the thing. Like, let's need, and that front office does not want to lose anymore. They're they're like, they're kind of like one of the top warriors. Like, they're kind of like the Warriors, where it's like, okay, we'll take a year like off, maybe, but next year, we want to be right back in championship contention. Like, that's how Let's see that front office thinks. And I think then the biggest worry is if Aaron Donald's going to retire or if any of the guys are going to retire. I think that's the only thing they should be worried about because you bring back a healthy team that on paper this year should have contended, you bring it back for next year, it, it, might, it may be pretty good. It may be a, a dark for Super Bowl contender. Who knows? Because people had them going deep into the playoffs this year on paper of healthy. So as, as Rams fans, you should not be worried. Just, just stay healthy. Stay healthy. I know it's a tall ask, but. Uh, on paper, if healthy, they're, they're a pretty good team for next year, in my opinion. Okay, Tim, your thoughts? I mean, I'm not going to be one of those people that said, like, this team had no rights to compete. I had them entering the playoffs, too. I mean, like, there's really right. difficult for you to predict a Super Bowl winner to just be this bad, <laughs> like, the following yeah. year. But their depth got incredibly exposed this year, right? So, like, I don't know what they're going to do this offseason. It's obviously very important to address those issues. Because the skill positions, they still don't have those skill position players that they, they need to like have, right? I know like they're making some some strides with, like Van Jefferson. I mean, it's just like there's some players that they just need, and I think the draft might be able to like help them out with that if they get like Quinton Johnson, uh, like a wide receiver in the draft. So like that's probably what they have to aim for. But yeah, I mean like if they get the whole band together for next year, there's obviously chances for them to continue to compete. But 
it's not like they have like a huge budget, right? Like they're kind of they're kind of capped. Yeah, I, I'm with you, but I think the core is there. Obviously, they put all their marbles on the table to win a championship. They did. The Lakers did the same thing. You can't knock them for that. It's just for me, I'd look at that division and it's like, it's only going to get harder for the Rams, right? Because the Niners are going to be probably even better next year if they get healthier. Of course they are. There's always some injury with the 49ers or multiple injuries, but if they're somehow healthy, they're a tough team. And Seattle's going to get a top five pick already to a team that, you know, kind of can be seen as frauds. But I mean, realistically, they're going to win eight or nine games and you're going to add a top five pick to an eight or nine game winner. So that's going to be tough. So what do the Rams do? It's going to be interesting to see. I want, I want to move on to the Clippers because they have the Hornets tonight, which should be a free win, but you never know with them. Um, LaMelo Ball is back, so the Hornets are a tougher team to beat. They just beat the the Kings. Um, they outscored them. And LaMelo, by the way, three fouls, was sat out one half. He had three points at the half and ended with 20 in the second half, finished with 23, right, or 25 or something. They had like 22 in the second half. Clippers, so they play the Hornets, they play the 76ers, and then they play the Pistons these next three games. What do you expect to see? What do you want to see from the Clippers other than the obvious of Kawhi continuing to be Kawhi? I'll start with Grant and then we'll get into Tim. Yep. And just, uh, just continuity. Uh, you need to get, and, and you know, the injury report for, for tonight is is looking pretty good in terms of even Norm Powell is questionable. There's gonna, when, usually when they put them as questionable, they're one game off or they're going to go tonight. So, you know, we have a, there, there's a few guys questionable. Paul George is questionable. We'll do that team soreness. So getting those guys back and now you get the full team back. Like, this is where you can actually go and, and get some wins, build up your record is when you get these guys back. And especially against teams like the Hornets and the Pistons. Now the Sixers is going to be a tough matchup regardless. But if you know, you're going up against, against teams that you should beat. Now, the Clippers in that scenario this year have not been that good. They've lost a few games that they should have won. Uh, right. mainly to the magic and to the heat, but that's part of the magic winning streak, so I don't really feel that bad anymore about it. Um, but, you know, they, they, they've lost games that they should have won. I think right now they have to, like you said yesterday with the Lakers, Brandon, the Lakers are beating the teams that they have to, that they should, and the, the Clippers have, start, have got to start doing that because you got to build up a record to get good seeding in this West because every team one through eight is going to be competitive regardless. So you got to have that at least one through four seed. I, it doesn't seem like they're going after it right now, but you got to start building wins against some of these teams that they're going to play. And tonight is a, is a huge opportunity to do so. And I'm sure close to game time, we'll see that maybe one or two guys are out still. But, you know, it bodes well that the injury report is starting to clear up a little bit. But the fact of the matter is that they got to stay with this injury report. Like, you got to stay healthy, not just, okay, we're fully healthy this game and two guys are out next game. That's not what the regular season's about. It's about building chemistry. And right now, they need to see continuity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think I think health is wealth, right? I mean, like we're we're looking for this team to bit healthy together so we can actually get an idea what the rotations will look like. My thing with it is like obviously with all these injuries, a lot of these players have stepped up that we normally wouldn't have had the ability to see, right? And early on in the season, this is the best time to experiment. So I'm not too concerned even if they lose like their next coming games in Philadelphia. Uh, obviously I don't think they're gonna lose to Detroit. I don't think any team in the NBA can lose to Detroit. But this is a team that, like, if everybody's healthy, we can finally see, like, the potential for it. Obviously, this is a team that's built for, like, the long haul. And I think that we've seen a lot of positives coming in from, like, Leonard's recovery to being, like, the player that we're pretty much expecting him to be. And Paul George being, like, the all-star that we all know that he's going to be as well. So, it's 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 not too concerning, in my opinion. I think that this team is on the right track. So Yeah, 
Yeah, it's going to be right because when Kawhi starts, I think they're nine and two or eight and two. Yeah, you know? so disgusting. When he's disgusting. Line, and you know, we've seen flashes of his greatness over the past couple games. I think he scored over twenty five in the two of his last three games. Like he's starting to show signs. I think he heard what Brian Windhorst said about him not moving well because he's moving pretty well. He looks pretty good. Court. I don't know. Yeah, he yeah, looks pretty good. Not just on the offensive end, but defensively too. I think the defense is braiding when he is in that lineup is number one or number two in the NBA. I think they're holding opponents to under 105 points, which is kind of crazy. Um, so he's not, you know, if he wasn't moving well, that defensive rating wouldn't be where it is. He's he's shown why he was still a two-way player. So you're right about that. For sure. And I wanted to ask you guys here, we got about roughly five minutes left of this first segment. Top five teams in the NBA right now. Grant, go first. Top five okay. teams. The whole I'll, NBA, I'll right? Buck. Not the Western. Yeah. Whole NBA. Whole NBA. I'm, okay. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Bucks one. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go Celtic. I still think the Celtics are two, even though they've slid a little bit. I think they're still number two. Um the Grizzlies three. Uh, you know, I think the Pelicans they've even had the Pelicans have had a little bit of a slide too. So I'd still put them top five. I would put them number four. You know, the five spot is really tough for Cavs. I mean, you can go the Cavs because the Cavs are playing really good right now. Um, you know, because the East is kind of a but. Even the, the Nets and the Knicks can, I mean, not the Knicks, but I, I'd probably put the Nets five because they're playing really good basketball. You know, the defensive end and on the offensive end, they're on a winning streak. The Knicks should be a top 10 team in, in any power rankings right now just by the way they're playing. Brunson's going crazy. Randall's going crazy. Those New York teams have it going. So, yep. The East, I think, is more top. Like it was, we were talking about NFC, AFC. I think the East is more top heavy, but the West is more balanced. Like that, the West is the AFC of, of the NBA. So <laughs> uh, it's going to be a tough battle, man, for sure. Yeah, I would. I would have the same too. I think Bucks, Celtics are the two cream of the crop. They're just they're just so well built. Like everything about that team, both those teams are like really evenly balanced. And for a couple of them, right, like the Bucks even have Middleton. They still don't have him fully healthy. They don't even have like their full rotation. Celtics are missing Time Lord, but he's going to yeah. come back. And if he comes back, that's a defense that's already going to be like scarier with like arguably the best defensive player. So like those two are by and large the two best. I would even put Cavs number three. I just think that this team hasn't go. even learned to gel yet. And this is a team that like they still need to figure out what they could potentially do in the playoffs because they don't have a winning, in my opinion, a winning playoff formula. But for the regular season, they'll be there. They'll be like a top three seed. Uh, I have like almost like the, as the rankings indicated. I think the Nuggets are number four, and I really do like the Grizzlies mm-hmm. being in the top five. But I think I would put the Pelicans over them right now. Okay, I mean those are both good teams. Um, I'm gonna so I'm gonna say this. I think the Bucks are the number one team just because of the Grizzlies losing to the Nuggets. You know, who we didn't we didn't even talk about, and I think it's because of their blunder against the Lakers without Anthony Davis, pretty much. But they're a good basketball team. I would put the Nuggets at five right now. Because their offense is so good. Jokic is playing like the best player in basketball. So I think, obviously, when you have an offense that that amazing, it doesn't matter that their defensive rating is 26. They're yeah, 40, 40 points the double is kind of insane. Uh, with, with like 30 <laughs> rebounds. Just right, 27 right, right. rebounds. Absolutely yeah. insane. So Continue. the Nuggets... Yeah, no, go ahead. No, no, you're awesome. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so the Nuggets are five, in my opinion. Bucks are one. I don't know why I'm doing it one and five. Uh, two yeah, off. what are you doing? I kind of like okay. that. You're like boxing in the other team. Right, yeah, it kind of is. It's making the two, two seats scary. Two, <laughs> two Celtics, four, yeah. I'm going to go Pelicans, and then three Grizzlies. Oh, I that's think a that's high ranking for the Pelicans. Okay. You, you're, doubling down. you're doubling down, right? 
Uh, doubling down. Yeah, I think yeah. I know they've struggled recently, but I don't trust Phoenix as good as Devin Booker is. I mean, Chris Paul looks like a fragment of himself. I don't care that they beat up on the Lakers without Westbrook and LeBron and Davis. They're supposed to do that with Chris Paul and DeAndre Aiden. Like, that's supposed to happen. They're still not a great basketball team. Cleveland has an argument, but I'm going to put Denver over them because that's of the fair. offense. Yeah, Cleveland fair. has a lot of blunders. You know, I look at it and yeah, they have a great defense. They're still the top defense in the league. Bucks are right behind him. I think the Bucs are going to leapfrog them soon. But it's really weird. Sometimes they'll lose games against like teams like the Hornets or something. You're like, what? Or the Spurs. They lost to the Spurs last week. And you're like, fully yeah. healthy. And you're yeah, like, yeah. what is going on? Um, so, yeah, those those are those are my five teams. I think, you know, the Cavs are certainly up there. You could make an argument for Brooklyn, Phoenix. Uh, the Knicks are playing good basketball. They're in a top Yeah, surprisingly. 10. Incredible. Right. I mean, you know why, right? It's because they're finally playing defense before they were never playing defense with a defensive coach. Now their defensive ratings eighth. Randall looks like 2020 Randall and RJ looks better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brunson looks good. Their depth too. people don't talk about quickly. Although, I mean, we're I'm not trying to get any New York bias because we already have the New York media. We already have so many East Coast bias. (laughs) You know what I mean? Exactly. But what, you know, uh, that's it for the first segment and when we come back we will be joined by tim again i think grant has to leave and then we'll talk some more basketball and football and we return on the mightier 1090 espn radio in southern california 98.5 the fan in las vegas the y sports radio network 95.1 fm and am 760 we'll be right back with the arash markazi show on the mightier 1090 espn radio time there's nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline. 310-400-0340. Okay, now let's go out to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline. The Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, no ads, no autoplay videos, just your teams and a clean reading experience. Visit thesportingtribune.com today. Here he is, our guest, David Bloom. How are you doing with the I'm Clippers winning that. a lot of their games? I'm glad that they are. I'm glad they're, <laughs> they're pulling it out against teams that they should be. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, um, you know, I, I know we have Tim here with us still, too. And I want to ask both of you guys this question. What do you expect their record to be against Charlotte, who obviously has uh, LaMelo Ball back? That should be a win. And you guys have the 76ers, Pistons, Raptors, and Celtics. Just kind of a hard um, five-game stretch. Manageable, but tough, because the Raptors just got OG and Anobi back. That's next week. 
You got the Pistons, who you should beat, but they've been playing better basketball. Ivy looks more comfortable. Durin is going to just dominate your bigs, um, you know, unless Zubach plays. Zubach is really the only big that can guard Durin uh, mm-hmm. on both ends of the floor. 76ers, obviously, you got Embiid. That's a tough one. For sure, you guys are getting two wins, whether it's the Hornets and Pistons are the ones you should win. These are some toss-up games here against the 76ers, Raptors, and Celtics. Let me know what you want to see other than Kawhi being more consistent from the floor. I mean, you love that Kawhi is able to hit the mid-range consistently. I mean, the threes will come. Sure, that's not what he's known for, but the fact that he can get to his spot and, you know, rise up and hit the mid-range 31 points, you got you to gotta win three of these games. Two of these games, sure, yeah. those are events. If you can win the Hornets game, you can win the Pistons game. If you're really a contender, and I mean championship type, make it all the way, I know the injuries, you can't be scared of the Sixers or the Celtics or the Raptors. I mean, they beat the Celtics before. You got to win three. You, you, you got to win three of these games. I'm down to hear that. I mean, like, I'm looking forward to seeing the matchups when they face Boston. I don't know if Timeler will be available, but the hope is like that would be a preview of just how much strength this team has, right? So you're just trying to see and project against the best teams. If you're if you're gonna be excited about the prospects of the team, you have to see them against the best competition, correct? Like I mean, like I'm I'm kind of like Kawhi's progress is like arguably the best storyline for them because he's been making positive progress. What I'm really looking forward to is like, what are they going to do to like shore up these rotations during the second quarter and the third quarter? Because those have been like, honestly, Achilles heels for this team, regardless of how much health this team has had. I mean, the worst aspect of this team is the scoring droughts. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody's seen it. Everybody knows that five, six minute scoring droughts, maybe, I mean, even just field goal droughts and you can give up. And what'll be tough is you can give up four or five points in a matter of three minutes, but score none. And then it's, you know, what is all that defense for? It just seems like, you know, in that Wizards game, it just seemed like I know they won, but so many shots weren't falling that you're just like, oh, they were in and out and rimmed out and rolled around the rim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, look at the last time. I mean, healthy, but sure. But the Celtics game, that was a blowout. Like, they're capable of blowing out a team like the Celtics, but they're also capable of blowing a lead and losing to a team and credit the magic, but the magic. So you can win the Hornets game, sure, but I wouldn't be shocked if there was if it, if the two games you're supposed to win are the losses and the three games you're supposed to lose are the wins. They've been inconsistent. I, I can't deny it there, but they're sitting at a good position in the West. Right. And I wanted to ask you, David, because we asked Grant and Tim their top five teams in the NBA so far this season. Um, what, what, who are your top five teams as it stands right now? Both conferences combined. Both conferences combined. I mean, I got to sure. put Boston in there because Boston's been playing unbelievably. You may look at their roster and think, them, no way. But they're carrying that momentum and that fire from last year. I also have to put, I got to put Phoenix in there. I have to just because, you know, I know they've been dealing with injuries and they got Chris Paul back and then Aiden went down and went back. But I mean, you take a Lakers team, right? That had so much fight in their last two games. I mean, they were able to beat up on and score this immaculate game winner and not blow the lead against the Wizards. They come in against the Suns. I know the injuries and the not playing, but that momentum from their role players and their secondary players was nowhere it was gone so third i would have to say and this is still in no particular order but i kind of am 
seem to order it. I gotta say Philly. Okay. I mean, Philly's up there just talent alone. You know, if they can just consistently shoot the ball a little bit more, I think Philly has a good chance. Now, down here in four and five is where it's interesting because I mean, I gotta say Milwaukee. Yep. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, Milwaukee, I, I, I could even put them above Philly, really. I mean, Milwaukee is, as long as they can stay healthy, especially Middleton. I mean, Giannis, God forbid, has been healthy. But Middleton has been able to play a very limited role this season. Holiday's been great. Their role players have been great. Health for that team. And then I'm trying to think of another team out west. And it's such a jumble after Phoenix. I mean, Golden State, sure, they're the reigning champs. They just, I mean, with Steph down and 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 Clay always injury prone. I mean, Poole gives them the opportunity to go back to it. But you got that fight there in the West between LA and and the Mavs and them and and your surprising teams like like Minnesota and Utah. I could I could slot the Warriors in five, but. I do want to hear from you guys if you think that you have another team that would be the fifth best in the NBA. Maybe yeah, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what our five is. Uh, like I don't know what your yeah, I don't know exactly, what your five is. Exactly, so I'm yeah. going. I'm I'm saying words, and I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. No, that's great. Right. That's great. I'm I'm glad you broke your your thought process. For me, Bucks, Celtics were one, two, pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had I think Cavs three, Nuggets, Ooh. and then Pelicans. I think those were my five. So no, no Suns. I think the Suns are good. The thing is, like their role players have shined the last, like the last week, right? Like Shaman has done really well. Uh, Lee is kind of inconsistent. I just don't think the depth is there, at least for uh, a contender. They're lacking so many things. Like Michael Bridges is probably like arguably a top five defensive player, but then outside of him, it's like it's like a crapshoot. So I'm I'm not really like that surefire to like give them an opportunity. I'm not even talking the Warriors. I think the Warriors are like a wait and see approach. Oh, absolutely. They you know, get they get the benefit of the doubt for being defending champions, but it's really difficult to just trust them because they just have so many issues. So you know what? This 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 team popped in my head and I realized that I've done what most of you know the league has done for the last couple of years and forgot about them, but you know, drop the Warriors. I'd have to say the Grizz. Yeah, that's fine. Memphis. I like the Grizz is good too. That's what I that's what I said, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They play such a strong style of basketball. Maybe they don't play, you know, your spread the floor warriors ball, but I mean they I mean, John Morant's instantly a difference maker, as yeah. we all thought he would be. And then Jaron Jackson and and, and, and Steven Adams and, and Bain and, and Brooks. It's And they don't even have Bain in. Exactly. That team there. I mean, they sure young, but there's a fire under that team that you do not see in some of these veteran teams. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. So my my five teams were um, Milwaukee one, Boston two, Memphis three, because of what you just mentioned. Jaron Jackson Jr. possibly a defensive player of the year uh, winner. I mean, he's definitely a candidate. Certainly over right, three blocks right, per right. game. Completely has changed the game. You know, by the way, Memphis's defensive rating was in the twenties before he came back. Now it's top ten, and it's going to continue to go up. Right. So it's one of those Bain, things. Like, when Bain comes back, they'll be they'll be better. Yeah, 
exactly. So they haven't played on the court together. They're three. For me, four Pelicans, just because I know they've lost a couple of games recently, but just the depth of the team. Zion, they haven't even had Brandon Ingram back yet. Valanciunas right. is their balling. McCollum hasn't even hit his stride yet. Nance, Nance is so good, dude. Yeah, Nance then, is so then good. what about yeah, Trey yeah. Murphy and Herb Jones? I mean, exactly, like, dude, exactly. Dyson Daniels, one the of the depth, already... The depth one. is definitely there. The depth is definitely there. That has a roster that could win a championship. Now, of course, they lo- they lack experience, and maybe this is a year where they get to the West Finals, like what Luca did last year, and then you get that experience, or what Memphis did in the second round, and then Memphis comes out of the West. I mean, it's definitely wide open, certainly right. wide open. We know the Clippers and Warriors are going to hit their stride later in the year, so we're not counting them out. And then five for me would be Denver, just because I know they lost to L.A., without Davis virtually, but then they had an impressive win last night against Memphis um, and their offensive rating, just what Jokic has done to turn this team into an offensive powerhouse yet again. I mean, for me, he's got to be the leading MVP candidate. I don't care what anybody says. If you look at his player, player efficient, player efficiency rating one by a mile, it's like 34. It's the highest yeah. in NBA history, by the way. Uh, his RPM and XRPM are top in the league. <laughs> his efficiency offensively is top in the league, and he just came off of a 40-27 and 10 game. And I know we had last night only 13-11 and 11. But he didn't need to do any more. Only, right? A triple double. Only, only. Yeah, 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 yeah. A center doing that. A center doing that. But, I mean, I think we're getting to the point where Jokic, and I just want to give him his flowers, the most underappreciated superstar in the history of the game. Like, straight yeah, he up. He might be. He uh, might be. He might be. Right, but- I feel like Giannis is underappreciated personally, but that's just me. I think yeah, but his oh. bag. Giannis doesn't have the bag that Jokic has offensively. Giannis Jokic. is just dom- is dominant. Gian- Giannis is good, is great. Like he has some offensive moves, but he's just so dominant. Jokic is just a genius offensively, if that makes sense. Like he sees the extra pass, he can go and get the rebound. He has, you know what I'm saying. Whereas Giannis is obviously an all time great, but just so dominant, no one can stop him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Jokic, you'd have to say the, the underappreciation is the lack of of wins. It's the yeah. playoff depth. I mean, I know in the bubble they made it to the Western Conference Finals and then had that great comeback, but it right. was all for nothing. It's the it's the lack of winning. You even Giannis, you, you get a guy to win, you get a guy that can take you all the way there, you'll appreciate him. You'll say, Oh, well, his that was the whole thing about Giannis is that can't contribute to a championship and now that's the same thing about Jokic I mean you have the unbelievable passing and the shot from anywhere and just the rebounding and the big body and he's the best center in the league he could win back to back to back MVPs and he I might, he might. <laughs> and I know there's voter fatigue but he would still be well worth it and he, and he deserve it but you don't win I mean I get it right it's more than just one player but you don't win no one's going to give you the notoriety until you know, you even Luke, and that's why you get to the Western Conference Finals. He's starting to get it, but you, you, yeah. you don't win. Nobody cares, and, that, and that's why that's why no one's really giving Luca the best player in the NBA any conversation because you know he he was the preseason favorite, by the way, for MVP. Sure. Okay, and he he might still win, uh, but at the same time, until Jokic or Luca gets to the finals, you you can't really put them in the best player. It's unfair. But at the same time, like the reason why LeBron was considered the best player, 10 finals appearances, right? The reason why Steph was considered the best player by a lot of people last year was because he got to the finals. Where Tatum has entered that conversation because he got to the finals. Giannis, obviously, because he won a finals. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. You do have a point there. And I, I mean, I'm just very 
fortunate. We're very fortunate right now as NBA fans to see, in my opinion, the best NBA that's ever Okay. Yeah, I mean, we have, the, we have the most 20 plus point per game scores, the most skilled players in the history of the game. John Morant is averaging the quietest 27, 10, 8 and 8 in the hit on efficiency of the history of the game. No one's talking about it. There's Desmond like multiple, Bain, there's I mean, multiple like, 25 point scores. Shy, in the yeah. Shy, Shay Gilgis Alexander, 30 points per yep. game. I mean, like on a fit on 63% true shooting percent. And no one's talking about that, right? Like, this is crazy. And I just wanted to say, like, for all the people listening, like the NBA right now, just so we are so blessed and fortunate to be watching this. Yeah. I mean, and Zion, we're not even talking about Zion's a top five MVP candidate, right? I guess, or top Mm -hmm. six because of how dominant he's been. Uh, It's just, it's great to see. And obviously, now the Rooks, Jaden Ivey, uh, Jalen Duran, Paolo Bonchero, Jabari Smith's playing great defense. Great, another great rookie class. So we keep getting lucky with those two. Two notes, right, though, Brandon. Hold on, hold on. Two notes before yeah, go ahead, on. go ahead. I just wanted to mention, like, we talked about Nuggets being a top team, but we didn't even talk about, like, how they've had injury concerns. Like, Michael Porter hasn't played for yeah. so much of the season. And, like, the biggest X factor for them was Jamal Murray, right, coming back to form. And he's starting to, like, show signs that he's, like, coming back. And the last thing I wanted to say was like the reason why I had the Bucks slated so highly is not because of like championship caliber players or pedigree. It's just because like their return to form with Brooke Lopez being like the player of the year status. That's the reason why like defensively they're they're in every conversation because like they didn't have that last year and it showed right. Like it was it was like such a huge gaping hole for their defense. But when Brooke came back, like they just became a top five defense again. So those are the only two things I wanted to note. That's why I had them pretty much highly on my list. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um. So the, these final five minutes, there's a lot to talk about. I do want to bring up the situation from last night. Really unprecedented in baseball. Oh yeah, know, this morning. I this know. Morning. It's, I know. Or yeah, this morning. I guess it was like midnight of last night when Heyman tweets. Somebody woke up to it. I know that Correa um is actually signing with the Mets, and you know, I think the the real point of this is should there be a cap. A salary cap of baseball. <laughs> we're on we're on unprecedented times because they increased the cap. That's why everyone's going like monopoly money bonkers. I know, like, but I mean Steve Cohen literally spent eight hundred and ten million this season. Yeah, he went crazy this offseason. Right. So, so I don't want to bury the lead too far, but the, the Giants need to figure out some sort of statement. It might come tomorrow, it might come during this week, but they need to be ahead of the situation before Boraz comes through and says like complete statement about how his client was signed, but then wasn't given enough time or was given enough time, but then obviously switched teams. So like they got to do a little bit of damage control, but outside of that, yeah, uh, I think the spending sprees are, are just beginning to be honest. It is. No. We have long, oh yeah, no, we have a long way to go in the off season and it's a tough look for the giants just because I mean, in a sure. matter of hours and a week, judge Correa, they've, you know, they have lost, they lost Gosman last year in Rodone. He poses, he retires, and this, it's tough to be a Giants fan, I'm sure, right now. <laughs> yeah. But the Giants got to figure it out. I mean, front office here and there. I know you're hesitant on Correa. He's had the injuries and the physical, but they were able to deal with that a little better. Seriously, they could have landed a guy like that. And for the Mets, on the other side, you know, congrats signing all these guys. I mean, they've replaced... It's hard to replace him. He's one of the best ever, but they've replaced DeGrom. And they've with been one of the best ever, with one of the best ever, with oh, Scherzer. Exactly. They've been able to you know, upgrade that offense, and 
the only thing I say to the Mets, and this is the same thing that I'm saying to the Yankees after they're adding all their guys, is to be a New York trend. Same thing I'll say to, and I know they have in the past, but really now with, you know, J.D. Martinez, same thing I'll say to the Dodgers, win it. You add all these guys, you spend all this money, $800 million, you get you get Correa, and you've added Lindor, and, and you've added Verlander, and then over here you add Rodoni, you re-sign, right, right, right. and you re-sign, win. Win yeah. it all. I mean, you have the pieces, you're right there. Every time you make it, it's a team, it's a homegrown team, like, and not to, you know, sit here and, and, and praise the Astros, but a homegrown team like the Astros. We'll never praise the Astros. Yeah, but exactly. but they but they ch- they tanked for years, and what they were able to do is create a dynasty out of that, right? Sure. Thanks, exactly. thanks I mean, to the Dodgers for trading Alvarez for nothing, <laughs> by the way. They make they make the Yankees <laughs> and all those other teams that you watch all year, and you're like sixty two home runs, and no one's going to be able to stop them. And the pitching and Cole, and they make them look foolish. And you you're get right. to a team like the Phillies that has had this unbelievable run and you know Bryce Harper he's back he's MVP form and 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 the offense is going they make him look foolish that's, yeah that's the point of these teams is and and the Mets I mean you make the posts and I get you've added more but but nothing yeah win. you're right they need to win they need to win and I do think the Mets yeah. have a very good shot well I'll end on this I wanted to ask real quick we have a minute and 30 <laughs> seconds left the Angels I'm kind of excited David we're Angels fans the uh, best lineup. Is, I hate being lineup. kind of excited. Hold on, hold on. The best lineup we've ever had, in my opinion, this upcoming year, with the depth we've surrounded. Drury, the signing, underrated signing. Renfro was top thirty in OPS last year, top forty. Uh, Ursula, who could take pressure off of Walsh if he isn't hitting against left-handed pitchers, and then obviously Rendon needs to bounce back here. But you got Ward, Otani, Trout, Ohop. Uh, I mean, Rengifo, who was one of the more underrated players in the MLB last year. This is the best lineup we've ever had. Tell me how excited you are about this team and what what is your over under and wins? I mean, I'm over and under. I mean, if they can if they can break 500, I'll be pleased. <laughs> well, they will. They will. They will. Trust I'm me. I'm always hype in the offseason as an Angels fan. I'm always hype and I've been let down in the regular season so on year. But I will sit here and in this last minute, I will credit Perry Manassi and for everything that he has done for this team, the depth, I mean, being able to understand we're going to get injured. We need guys to fill those roles and real depth players, not minor leaguers like David mm-hmm. McKinnon, who credit to him, but, you know, or, or, or Chase Silseth, who you're like, where did these guys come from? Right. So the fact that the Angels are able to get depth, sure, you want more pen guys and you want more starters, but if they can sustain and, and maintain course even when Rendon or this or that or Trout has an injury and has to set out a couple games I mean there are worse teams that made the postseason it's 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 optimism it'll go away in in a couple months but right now it's optimism yeah don't forget Tyler Anderson either yeah that was that was that was a great signing I know Tim you're excited as well I, I wanted to hear more from you but it's okay we'll leave it there for now um and you know that's all the time we have today let's do it again tomorrow until then this is brandon deutsch from the arash markazi show saying stay safe and stay healthy thank you tim and david this is the arash markazi show on the mightier 1090 espn radio thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.